0: Welcome to the Grace Avenue Church podcast, where we believe that the grace of God is yours to live. It is our prayer that this message will help you experience God's freedom, live your potential, and make the impact you were created
1: for. Now here's the message.
0: Lord, this morning we thank you for your presence in this place. We worship you, God, for your, your goodness, your grace, and your mercy on us. today God whatever week we've had whatever burdens we've experienced Lord we just lay those down right now to set our hearts and minds on you ask your spirit to just rest on us this morning Lord we thank you that your presence re-centers us your presence is where we're filled your presence is where joy happens this morning today and all today god we've come to to experience you to hear your word to be changed to be transformed to recognize where your word shows us where we're in need of growth or change to help us to change Lord God Hope today not be words only, but power and glory for your name. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. 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 How are you this morning? Um, do me a favor, why don't you shake somebody's hand? Get comfortable. Welcome. Welcome to church. Shake somebody's hand. Give them a fist bump. A high five. to be with you guys this morning hey men men give me a shout how are you men all right men. this friday pastor brandon clack is with us i'm having a men's night i'd love for you to be there uh you can register in the lobby this is our last week of registrations uh before we kick that off i would love for you to be there it's gonna be a powerful night we've been planning this for a few weeks so i hope to see you there brandon you're gonna be there cody you're gonna be there you have to be there jeff you're gonna be there We'll let you in this time. <laughs> well, uh, it's going to be a good night, and um, Cowboys fans, unfortunately, this is a night where we make room for the evildoers in the world we allow them into, so you can come. But it's going uh, to be a good Friday night, and I'm believing God is going to do something powerful in us together as men. It's good when men get together and pray. Is that Roland out there? Roland. Hey, let's just give God a hand. Roland was in the hospital for a long time. He's, he's better. Praise God. We give God glory for his health, and we just speak continual health and healing over your life. In Jesus' name, continue to heal and prosper, continue to grow, may God just restore your body to full physical capacity, and you just do everything that God has put in your life called you to do. May God make you the father that you're called to be, the man you're called to be, the husband you're called to be. We're standing with you, man. We love you. All right? Praise God for your life. Um, <clears throat> so um, I'm going to jump back into the word Uh that we've been talking on for the last few weeks, I've been speaking on a series called Back to Basics. Um, And in this series, I've been talking about the reality that I think we all face when it comes to um, getting off course at times, getting shaken, and then really needing to get back to the fundamentals in life. Uh, And I think 2020 and 2021 really shook a lot of us, shook a lot of families, shook a lot of people, uh, shook a lot of our rituals and our habits and routines and things that were. Accustomed to, and uh, in this series, uh, I'm I'm bringing us back to basics. I want us to focus on some key things. And so I've been talking about different ones over the last few weeks. Today I'm going to talk about uh, God's power. But before we do that, I just want to uh, acknowledge because I made a commitment, so I need to follow through on this commitment. <clears throat> uh, this last week we 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 buried a, a good friend, of mine, a good man in this church, and uh, his name is Kevin Pruitt. And he was a, a great leader in this house. Uh, he personally prayed for me, prayed for my family, uh, was a key member of this church in so many different lives here. Uh, 53 years old, U.S. Army veteran, incredible man, incredible father, incredible leader. Uh, and he uh, loved the Alabama Crimson Tide. And so um, when I did his funeral, his, his family was here and all his relatives And this place looked like an Alabama football game with all the shirts. (laughs) Uh, And it was incredible. It was incredible to see. Uh, But I don't have a college football team. And I asked, I told the family that if they would come to church, because in hard times when we go through these things, one of the easiest things for us to do is withdraw on our own pain. And I promised the family that if they would uh, come to church this Sunday, that I would wear Alabama gear. And the family I just saw just walked in. They're in the back. So can we give them a hand for being in church? And then, and then I'm going to have to put something on here, if y'all will bear with me, just to honor Kevin. Is that okay? All right. Y'all close your eyes. Don't want my wife breaking a sweat over here. (laughs) Who's whistling at me? This is the house of God. What's the matter with y'all? It sounded like a man, too. What's the matter? Hang on now. Is that Pastor Alex? Hang on now. Roll Tide, huh? All right. We love the Pruitt family. We love you. Man of my word. Uh, I also said I don't have a college football team. I never have. I've, honestly, you've asked me. You can go back. Jeff Rell, you know, is I don't have a college football team. Only NFL and NBA. And the reason why I don't have a college football team is because when I'm into something, I'm into something. And I don't want to fully commit to another sport because then I won't have a life. Um, and I have enough going on. So I just never, I never follow college football. Every once in a while, I'll watch a game. But I honestly don't know who is good, who is bad. I know a few names like Notre Dame and Baylor and the Longhorns and the Crimson Tide and all these. So that's about all I know is God is my witness. I didn't know that when I said to the family, uh, will you guys receive me as an adopted son, into the alabama family they all cheered and you'd have thought it was a party in this place but they're like yeah yeah okay i didn't know that they were the winningest team in college football history do you see how god works that when you honor a man of god he honors you back with wins for the college football team so not only do i have a new team uh i have new gear I have the winning record in hit the one of the winningest record in history. Nick Saban, he's the coach. I looked at him with new eyes as I watched my team yesterday win that game. I <laughs> said, "God is good." Roll Tide. Do I sound convincing when I say that? Yet yeah? is that good? All right, I'll keep practicing. You let me know. Let's jump into the word today. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 20. Um, the Apostle Paul is speaking here to the Corinthian church. It's where we see 1 Corinthians. It's the Corinthian church. And um, in some ways, he's kind of correcting them. And he goes into this passage here, and he says this verse, uh, he says this, this phrase, For the kingdom of God is not just a lot of talk, it is living by God's power. Okay, the kingdom of God is not just a lot of talk, it is living by God's power. Okay, now what was he talking about? The the Corinthian church, the people of God had been getting very arrogant, very prideful. And Paul as an apostle, Paul as a father, Paul as the pastor, Paul as the leader, is coming into this church and he's just having to bring some order back to the house, right? you know, when you've been gone and the kids have messed the house up and you got to come back in and bring order to the house, right? Um, Paul is bringing order to the house of God and to the people of God. And what he does is he said this, this arrogance that I see in you, in you this, this pride that I see in you, it's got to stop. That's not how God's people live. And So we can't just live this way as if we're God's people, but we're arrogant and prideful. That's got to stop. Because it's not, the kingdom of God is not just a lot of talk, it's living by God's power. He makes a distinction that you can be in the kingdom of God, talking a lot about the kingdom of God, but you're not living by God's power. You're living, but you're not living by God's power. You're not living by God's strength, right? And um, this word power that he actually uses, it's used over 120 times in the New Testament. Okay, 120 times in the New Testament. Jesus used it. Paul used it. It's used all throughout the New Testament. And this word literally means this it means for the believer, the power to achieve by applying the Lord's inherent abilities. Power through God's ability. It's this word dunamis where we get Holy Spirit power when we think about it. It says it's needed in every scene of life to really grow in sanctification and prepare for heaven, glorification. Okay, so what that basically means is all that theological definition, jargon. What that means is this. In order for me to, 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 to get to heaven the way God intended, to, to live this life the way God intended, I need God's power. I can't just make a decision to follow Jesus and then try and do it on my own, right? I have to know the facts. I can't just say I'm an Alabama fan and then not know who the coach is. Let's pray for Nick Saban right now, if we could. Could we just lift him up in prayer? I can't just say I'm on the field but not actually know what the rules are. And the rules that God has established for his people is that they would not live in their own strength, but that they would live in his power. And so Paul's telling the people that, and this is what God is telling us today. And so here's what I want to remind us of, that from the moment God saves us, God gives us his power. Two, he fills us with his power continually. And then three, he sustains us by his power. Let me say that again. When we get saved and we receive Jesus, we receive His power. The power to do this Christian life. The power to live this life as salt and light. I don't get to do it because I, I think I'm a nice guy and I'm just going to try and do nice things. God puts His power inside of me. He puts His Spirit inside of me. And then He fills me with power continually. Because as I'm living this life and I'm I'm encountering temptations and trials and tribulations and My own traumas and all the stuff that I got to go through in life, just like you. I need God's power to overcome those things. I need God's power to help me navigate those things. Not to hide from them, not to escape them or run from them or just say, I'm I'm praying through them. No, to get through them. Because some things God won't allow you to avoid. He'll make you go through them to show you His power on the inside of you. And so God fills you with power over time. And then thirdly, he sustains you by his power. This is how he keeps you. This is how he solidifies you. Are there moments in your life where you can look back and say, I don't know how I got through that. Only God. I don't know how I made it through that season. I don't know how I made it through those circumstances. And the more you mature and the longer you go on, the more you recognize that when you look back, you say, there was God. God got me through this. That's not just cliche Hallmark card. Let's just put that in. Shout out to the man upstairs. God got me through it. No, that's, that's real testimonial truth testifying to God's power and strength, pulling you through things that should have destroyed you. Should have destroyed your life. Should have destroyed your marriage. Should have destroyed your career. Should have destroyed your womanhood, your manhood. Should have destroyed your parenting. It's like, well, I've never been in one of those situations before. Hang on for the ride. This is called life and it'll throw you for some curves. It'll throw you for some unexpected things. And the way we get through those unexpected things is the same way we get through everyday life. It's the same secret, God's power. It's the same track, God's power. It's not a little bit of God's power today, and then the rest, I've got this, God. I just needed a little bit of that, like a caffeine shot. God is not a caffeine shot. God is the source of everything. And if we don't see Him as the source of everything, then we'll just go to him for a boost, like we go to coffee, or like we go to entertainment. In Acts chapter one, verse eight, uh, Jesus is telling the disciples how they're to go about doing the work of God. Now each one of us is doing the work of God in some form or fashion, right? How we raise our kids, lead our business, impact our community, serve others around us, somehow, some way, each of us, is making a difference in this world for the purpose and the glory of God. Okay, but the way we're doing that, Jesus makes it clear how we do it. He says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and then you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth, even in San Antonio. What is he saying here? He's saying that you can't even do what God has called you to do without the Holy Spirit's empowering. Your great talent and your great gifts and your intellect and your education are not enough. You need God's power to literally be the witness of Jesus Christ in the environment He's placed you in. Some of you wrestle with some dark places, some dark work environments, some places where there's a lot of corruption or a lot of red tape and a lot of political nonsense and stuff you're having to deal with constantly. So to live strengthened in God's power to be able to survive those seasons and not get sucked into them. Come on, I'm speaking to real people here. You ever been in a work environment? You're like, man, I'm going to go and change that place for God. And the next thing you know, you're getting chewed up and spit out. And people are coming against you. And people are talking about you. And you didn't get the red carpet rolled out for you. There's a reason for that. Because when light goes into darkness, it penetrates. It illuminates. It changes things. And darkness doesn't like that. And so when we go into these places, we need to have an understanding. We're not walking then in arrogant like the Corinthians. I got this, man. I got this. Unless you're an Alabama football fan. Then you can say, we got this. But everybody else, the rest of us have to get real about the places we're putting our, our feet, where we're stepping. And understand, yeah, yeah, God is guiding my steps. He's lining the path. But I need his power to keep moving forward, to keep doing what he's called me to do. Is this helping you this morning? See, most of us don't know how important power is until our phone is at 1%. We think little of power until it's at 1%. You ever walked into your house and the electricity's gone off while you were gone and you walk inside and you walk in the door and you flip on the switch and the light doesn't come on and then you turn it off and then you flip it on again and it doesn't come on? and then you do it three or four more times as if somehow that was gonna magically make the electricity come back on. How many of you actually flip it on like three or four times? Just be honest, like you keep thinking, maybe there'll be magic here or something. And then you have a car. Car can be $120,000 sitting in the parking lot, but if it doesn't have power, it's just sitting in the street collecting dust. And that's what all design is like that's meant to operate in power. The design of a beautiful home $2 $2 million home, $150,000 car, a gazillion dollar iPhone. And all of these things were designed with potential, but without power, they remain potential. That's the same for our life. As Christians, we've been designed by God not to operate on our own, not to run on 1%, but to live and operate in and from God's power. We don't call on God on Sunday to fill us for Monday. God helps us parent. God helps us lead. God helps us be a steward of our finances. God helps us deal with the raff we have to deal with at work. God helps us deal with the problem people that are coming against us. God helps us deal by His power in all these different areas, in the challenges, in the frustrations, in the situations. We need God's power. Come on, you need God's power to raise your kids. Parents, you better say Amen. We need God's power to raise our kids. We need God's power to deal with uncertainties and with the unknowns that we face. We need God's power to walk through the valleys of life and to stay strengthened in those things. And as a Christian, you possess a power that the world does not have. Apart from Jesus, the world cannot tap into the power that God gives you. They can get all their health goals right. They can get their financial goals right. They can get their business goals right. But to have a supernatural power from the living God, the creator of the universe, takes Jesus Christ and his spirit empowerment in us. So as Christians, we're not sustained by our human efforts. We're not sustained by our own good thoughts, our own good intentions, and our own good will. We're not sustained because we're going to work harder in this season. I'm going to get through it. I'm going to push through. No, you're going to need God's power because this strength that you have that's gifted by God has a capacity. It has a max. And at some point, it runs out. At some point, it hits the red line. At some point, it peaks. At some point, it hits the max. And then you need something more than mere human strength, more than natural abilities. Are you following me this morning? There will be seasons where you go through things where God is the only one who can carry you through them. It won't be entertainment. It won't be another job. It won't be a new relationship. It won't be a new car. It won't be redecorating the house. It will be God's supernatural strength empowering you and then you turning around and using that very strength to empower others around you. I want to tell you, when I think about God's power, I think about the different facets of God's power, not only of how it's described in Scripture, but also just how I've experienced it over over time. And, and you could probably relate to some of these. There are some, uh, the best way I could say is God's power it has been felt by me when I when I think about my, my journey with Jesus. It's been felt. There have been times I've been in a worship service and and the power of the presence of God is so strong, it is undeniable. It's like, what is going on in here? <laughs> like, I wasn't even looking for that or expecting it. You just come in, and you're hit by the glory of God. You're hit by the power of God, and you're, you're trying to make sense of those moments, and, and you're just wrestling with it, but the reality is you're being soaked in it. You're being dunked in it. <laughs> Anybody know what I'm talking about? That's the beauty of the power of the presence of God that's felt. It's felt in small gatherings with people I've prayed for. It's it's felt in large gatherings. I felt the presence of God so strong. Before Janelle and I started this church, years ago, over a decade ago, there was a man we went to. Someone had, had suggested, well, would you go see this man and, and just let him pray for you? And I was very defensive. I'm like, who is this guy? And pray for me, and why, and who is he, and what, and just... You want us to just get up and go to his house? We've never met this guy. And she's like, just trust me. Would you do it? Like, all right. So we did it. Um, sat there. Man prayed for us. Um, and all I can say, and I, I think I've had this experience maybe twice in my life, but the the presence of God was so heavy as this man prayed over me that I literally felt it. Like you know when you say it, feel like it, it pierced your soul. That's what it felt like. And the guy was praying and prophesying stuff that would happen in the future with church. But, but I got laid out, man. Like, I literally almost couldn't sit up on the couch. It was that intense. Now, I don't know how to explain that. I wasn't looking for that. I wasn't expecting it. I wasn't chasing after it. In fact, I really didn't even want it. I didn't want to be there. <laughs> and God, in my stubbornness, met me in that place and wanted to bless me and speak something over my life that I would hear, even with stubborn ears. And that's what the power of God will do. It'll penetrate the stubbornness and the rebellion of your own heart and your own life to get you out of the funk that you're currently resting in, calling it, this is how it's going to be, this is the way it is. And God's power will lift you out of that. I was changed after that experience. I was absolutely changed. I had never experienced something so powerful. So God's power is felt. God's power, when I look back on my life, has also been constant. It's just always been there. How do I know that? Because there are seasons that should have destroyed me and taken me out, but God. Should not be here, but God. Or should be here, but should be the shell of a man, but God. And I think that as you go on in life and as you mature, you start to look back on life that way. You start to recognize, right? How do we get through that? How did I make it through that and, and have all my faculties about me, you know? Like, it's one thing to get through it physically, but then you can be an emotional and spiritual train wreck, a mental train wreck through it. But God can bless those areas of your life where spiritually, emotionally, mentally, physically, you overcome. And then in that, you're strengthened by his power. And now you stand as a testimony of his grace and his goodness. So, one of the things we have to remember is that when God has taken us through something, the goal is not just for us to get through it, it's to shine His light on the journey. It's to show other people His goodness in the midst of it. It's to be able to smile when things look dark. And only God can do that. Only God can really do that. We can put on a fake smile on Friday night, but on Saturday morning, you live with you. And you know who you are, and you know where you are, and you know what you've got to face. And then that God wants to show you power. I'm saying this is part of the series of Back to Basics, and we're building again, and we're building together. You need God's power to build, to build your life, to build your family, to build your thoughts in the right direction. Come on, you ever have such a horrible week that, a horrible season that you come out of it, and you're like... (laughs) All I want to do is just breathe and maybe go to Waterburger. I don't really have any much, much ambition for life. Like, if I get an extra piece of cheese on that burger, I'm I'm kind of quite content with life. That's about as far as I want to go. I don't really have any goals or aspirations beyond that. Just, what do you want out of life, Daniel? Another piece of meat and cheese on that burger, and I'll be I'll be good to go. Life hits you so hard that you're just content with today to a degree that it saps you a vision. Beyond this month, this year, you stop thinking. And when you find yourself running on that empty tank, which let me just be honest with you, that happens to me a lot. I hit these places where I'm like, man, <laughs> I'm wiped out. And you know what I know that I don't need? Whataburger. You know what I know that I don't need? Pornography. You know what I know that I don't need? To go spend money and have 70 Amazon boxes show up this week. You know what else? What I know I don't do, I don't need <clears throat> extra money, a new house, a new car, something that's a distraction, a brand new hobby. But I did need a brand new team, so this is good. <laughs> but what I don't need is distractions, our distractions that pull me away, or traps that get me caught into things that just distract me from God's. Power holding me in those seasons. God's power has also been undervalued. It's been felt over my life, it's been constant, and then it's been undervalued by me. I, I've discovered this. I've spent a lot of times doing things in my own strength. When I was in my 20s and I was growing in the faith, and I would have maybe somebody who was older in the faith or older in years over my life, and they would speak just wisdom and truth, whether I was on a team serving with them or I was in a connect group or there was somebody I knew in church, and they would ask me how life is going or what's going on in life, and I'd start to share. They'd start to speak wisdom and truth and the Word of God, and I would receive it because I was always hungry for knowledge and wisdom, but as they would speak that and they would kind of gauge where I was, I noticed through my 20s there was something that people would always say about me. It's the same phrase. They would say, you know, Daniel, you know, you." You got the right idea, but you're, you're just doing things in your own strength. And it's so weird because out of all the things I remember people telling me in my 20s when I was growing in my faith, they would say that all the time. It's like I had this hard work ethic. I knew how to push through stuff, but they would get to this place where they could see, you're not doing this with God, you're doing this with you. You're doing this in your own strength. And they wouldn't say it mean or or judgmental. They would try to help me recognize, like, you're not doing this with God's help. You're, You're trying to do this on your own. And God didn't design us to operate alone. Our phone needs power. The car needs power. The house needs power. Your life needs power. And God gave it to you. I said this at the beginning. God gave it to you. God continually fills it in you, and God sustains you by His power. Okay, just a couple of points here and then we're going to close out. Number one, God gave you power for living. and when I say living, I mean living life the way Jesus called us to live, not just existing, not not just an antique collecting dust, but a pillar holding something up. You know, people who have been in our church a long time, they end up being antiques or pillars. It's true. Oh, look at old brother so-and-so over there. He's, he's been here a long time. Well, what's he holding up? Nothing. No one. Who does he pray for? No one. Who does he serve? No one. Does he give? No. Does he reach out to anybody? No. He's an antique. He's not a pillar. He's collecting dust. Used to be a thing that was brand new that maybe held something up, but not anymore. And without power, that's where we end up, collecting dust, waiting for things to change, waiting for things to shift. God gave you power for living. And Jesus said when he talks about living, he's talking about life abundantly. He's not just talking about breathing and having a pulse. He's talking about living an abundant life in him. And that's different than just living life. That's different than making a living. In 2 Timothy Chapter 1 verse 7 says God did not give us a spirit of fear but of power and of love and of self-control. Now what's wrecking people across the globe right now? Wrecking people in church, wrecking Christians fear. Just fear of everything. It's just you just turn on what I don't even call it the news. It's a joke. Our mass media is a joke. It is perpetual condemnation fear and mudslinging. There's no information, it's just attacks. Like I'm a human being. I can make up my mind about a decision. I don't need your fear. I just need the information. I'll make my own decision. Right? Whatever it is. Whatever it is. Okay. Sorry. That was a tangent. Lord, give me power to overcome my... But fear is perpetuated on a daily basis. Now, think about this. How many hours a day do you spend just absorbing fear? How many times do you scroll and see something fearful? I'm not even on social media anymore. You know, you know the main reason? Sorry, I'm going to go back off of my notes. You know why? It's heartbreaking to look at Christians right now. Like, is this the power of God that you proclaim? Like, honestly, like, I would just look at people that were my age and older, people I even used to look up to, people I've grown up with in church, and I just think all they do is talk about, like, this is it. Jesus did not come pushing political power and he walked among lepers. There's something about us that doesn't like anything in our perfect little bubble being shaken. We don't like suffering. Three billion people on the other side of the world suffer right now in extreme poverty, not mild poverty, extreme poverty. And here we are, and our Starbucks wasn't, it was lukewarm, or they forgot the vanilla syrup, and we're going to lose our minds. And this is the church of Jesus Christ that's supposed to go and be light in the darkness. Come on. We've got some work to do. We're not living by God's power. We're living by temporary fleshly things. The preciousness of life is right before us, and we're missing it. See, to be empowered by God for living life, going back to my point, God gave you power for living, to be empowered for living and to not live with the spirit of fear. Is to be empowered by God's Spirit in such a way that you are able to handle situations that other people can't handle, to build other things that others can't build, to do things others can't do. You know, Pastor Alex is a, is a great example. Ben, you know, he, he helps us in so many various ways with our church, and now he's a great part of this church, and I'm just so excited about that. Um, can we give him a hand for all he is? It's a blessing to helping us. Reach the city. Um, you know, I, I think about some some of the gifts on his life and what he's able to do and, and to help us connect to. Because one of the thing's I, I just I didn't want us to be a church where we're like, from the day one. I don't want us to be the, just the outreach church. Oh, once a year, let's go out and give some presents to the poor and then let's just disappear and go on about our life. I'm not going to do that. We're not going to do that. And so we've been trying to find ways in which we can stay engaged and integrated into the life of, of ministry. We're actually trying to make a difference. We're not just Santa Claus dropping off a gift and bailing out. You know, Pastor Alex, with his multiple you know connections and gifts and talents and abilities, has such a heart for this. And I knew him before he was doing all this. And I remember sitting with you at Starbucks in 2010, and we were talking about your heart for the poor. Like, literally, like, that's what he wanted to do. I said, it's going to be tough building a church like that. But it's a powerful goal, (laughs) and it has been rough, hasn't it? It's been rough. Because let's be honest, who wants to sit around homeless people? Come on. Someone who's maybe on heroin or coming off of drugs. Do you want to sit your little one next to them? No. You're going to freak out, right? Okay, so somebody still has to reach them, though. Somebody still has to minister to them. Somebody still has to place value on them the way God places value on the poor. And the Bible says that when you lend to the poor, you lend to the Lord. So as a church, if we don't lend to the poor, if we don't help the poor, we're not doing the work of God. Right? And so it, it takes effort and it takes time and it takes, it takes decisions and it takes volunteers to be able to go in and help and do things. And, but if it wasn't for people who have a, a, a holy burden from God to do the things, like Pastor Alex is leading, that we wouldn't be able to have a hand in the things that God wants us to do. It takes God's power being able to give you strength to do those things. Okay. What I'm trying to say today is that many of us, I think, are are living in some area of our life, if you're just honest, if not not all your areas of life, but, but at least one or two, maybe five, you're trying to do something by your own effort and your own strength that instead can and should be done by God's power. Okay, Overcoming heartbreak can't be done in your own strength. Overcoming grief, that can't be done in your own strength. I think we had this talk with Pastor um, Josh Bingle on a Wednesday night call. If you guys are not on our Wednesday night Zoom calls, you're missing out. It's church online. You can sit in your underwear and I can still preach to you. It's pretty, pretty easy. Um, we talked about how people handle grief and sorrow and how we fix our eyes on Jesus to be able to overcome and walk through those seasons. Okay, But a Christian that, that doesn't have an understanding of God's power will just walk through seasons in self-effort. Now look back on, on your life and think about some of the things that were really hard to overcome and really hard to get through, and look about how you just did it all by yourself. You just plowed through. You just hustled. You've got that in you. Maybe dad put that in you or mom put that in you or, or you just, I've always had to survive somehow. So you, you've got that, that thing in you that's like, you know, when, when push comes to shove, I'm going to push through this. It's like I said, that works for some things, but at some, some point in the Christian life, God brings you to places where the tests, the trials, the traumas, the temptations are more than you can handle. And, and if not just for your sake, but for your spouse's sake or your kid's sake, you have to learn how to relinquish some of that self-imposed imprisonment that you placed on yourself about you getting through this. And you have to learn how to rely on God so your spouse and your kids can see how you rely on God. How can you tell your kids to rely on God if you don't rely on God? How can you rely on God to, to trust God with their finances if you don't trust God with your finances? Finances are the biggest test. Jesus speaks of mammon. He said, you can't, you can't serve one or the other. You have to serve one or the other. You can't serve both because if you're controlled by the spirit of mammon, fear, money, it'll rule your life. And Christians are not supposed to be controlled by money. Christians are supposed to control money. We bless the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God blesses us. We then sow into the kingdom of God. It doesn't control us. We control money. Money doesn't steward us. We steward money. Y'all got real quiet when I started talking about that. You know why? Because there's a fear about money, and Jesus highlighted this. It's why people don't give. It's why people are fearful to give. It's why people want to control where everything goes. It's why people want to control where it's given to. No, I I don't want to give. I I, want to give to this over here because, and these are things because there's a fear there. And God wants to bless us with such an empowerment. We understand what God gives today, there's more coming tomorrow. What God gives today, there's more coming tomorrow. The grace God gave me today, there's more coming tomorrow. The love God gave me today, there's more coming tomorrow. The finances God gave me to live for today, there's more coming tomorrow. The wins for the football team God gave me yesterday, there's more coming next week. See, many people are looking for human solutions to supernatural problems. They're looking for a human solution to a financial problem instead of a supernatural understanding that there's a sowing and reaping principle in your life that works in your marriage, in your finances. And and this this is what wrecks your peace. So give it to God and live by His power and just trust Him. That resolves half the the decisions right there. You know what? We're going to put a stake in the ground and a pillar in the ground. We're standing on God's promise in this area in our marriage, or we're going to stand on this promise in our finances, or we're going to stand on this promise with our anxiety and our depression and our fear. We're going to stand right here. And you put a stake in the ground, and then from that place, you begin to live with new faith and new trust for God's power that you didn't before. Am I helping you this morning? Okay, last point. Number two, God has empowered you for more. God has empowered you for more. And when I say more, let me explain what I mean. Everybody faces, to some degree, some sort of self-doubt. Think you'll never get there. Can't do this. Didn't grow up that way, wasn't given the tools, nobody showed me, didn't have a mentor, didn't have that kind of dad, didn't have that kind of mom. And so like we can go through, each one of us can make a list of all those things in our life in a particular area where we can just make a list, right? And, And then we can, here's what happens. We live in those excuses for why we won't take more ground and do more or see more. Happens all the time. Happens in my life, happens in your life. There, there's some area where like, yeah, I know I'm good at this, I know I'm good at that, so I'm just focused on this because over here, I really suck. Or over here, I fail. Or over here, I'm scared. But it's this area where you're relying on human strength. See, this area over here is a natural gifting from God. There's natural talent. There's obedience. There was blessing from God. There's momentum with that. God's breathing on it. It's alive. It's moving. It's moving. Your career, your family, your marriage, your, your parenting, all the things you didn't think you would be able to do, when you didn't think you'd get the job, when you didn't know if you'd graduate, all these things, like there's already the wind of God behind those things, okay? Now, don't get stuck there because those those things change. God shifts those. That's not the arrival. That's the journey. That's another sermon, but don't make that the idol. Okay, and then over here, there's the, the things that I don't want to talk about this. In fact, every time my wife brings it up, we get into a fight. In fact, I'm not talking about my wife, I'm talking about your wife. Because <laughs> my wife knows better than that. No, I'm kidding. No, um, no that's not true. We've we faced those battles, and over the years, where those things those have been hard, where we, you know, if we we're going to bring something up, we know it's going to cause some sort of tension. And those aren't fun but if you just ignore them the ground doesn't get plowed the weeds take over and before you know it there's a whole mess of a garden instead of a a plowed ground with opportunity to plant and these are the areas where we're not living by God's strength not living by God's power where we have to trust God Not in the way we've done before in our own human strength and our human effort, but in places where, you know what, God, I don't see how I'm going to get through this. I don't know how I'm going to overcome. I don't know how I'm going to change. I don't know how I'm going to get through this valley, but I do know this. Your word says that you give power from on high. You gave me that power. You fill me with that power, and you sustain me by that power, and so I'm going to trust your power in this season right now. And when we get to that place, when we get to that place with God, God can do more. Ephesians chapter 3 says, through His mighty power, not through my power, through His mighty power at work within us. In other words, it's already working in you. It resides in you. It's already working. His power at work within you. He is able to accomplish, not you, He is able to accomplish infinitely more than we would ever dare ask or hope. Because over here in this place, this is where we wouldn't ever dare ask or hope for change. We won't go there anymore. Over here, we will. Because we know God works in this situation, in these seasons. We know in these strengths, in these talents, man, I can make money. People can like me. I'm good in this area. But over here, there's nothing but frustration and failure and heartbreak and disappointment. I don't want to plow this ground again. I know what that feels like. I know what it's like to lose a child and not want to have another child. And then God sent Eden Rain. That little four-year-old thing that just does not stop. Does not stop. It's scary to plow again. But by God's power, you're plowing now, not with your strength, but by His power. So the ground isn't as hard as last time. It's going to be hard if it's just you. But with Him, there's a greater strength. You this last example, and I'll close with this. And the team can come up here. Like I, I'm a fan of like Apple products. Um, I don't. I don't mind sharing that. Like every time one comes out, I'm always looking. I may not always buy it, but I'm always looking. Like what's the new thing? What's the new got, that the new thing they've got out? The new chip. It's so interesting how um, guys will do videos, guys or girls will do videos, and they're comparisons of like a 2018 MacBook to a 2019 MacBook go through all the details, and what they'll do is they'll run this one over here. They'll run a bunch of programs. They'll open like 15 tabs. They'll run Adobe Photoshop. They'll run like five different programs, and then they'll show you all all the details of how this computer over here is being pushed to the max in power and where it's running at, and then they'll show you a newer one, and then even more, they'll show you a newer one, and it's so interesting how you can do comparisons of a 2018 MacBook Air or MacBook Pro, whatever, and then show what one just three or four years later is operating in, and it can handle the load that this one couldn't handle. And what's the reason? This one's more powerful. There's more power operated in this one. And many of us, as simple as it is, are like those 2018 computers or the 2016 computer. We're still running on old power that can't handle 2021 problems, 21, 2021 situations. And we're pushed to the max, but we're still running on 2018 faith or 2016 prayer life or 2013 giving or 2010 unbelief. And it's been with us, and we just keep trying to restart and restart and restart and think I'll just I just gotta reboot it. I gotta reboot it, we'll fix this. No, it's maxed. You need more power. That's it. That's the answer. It's it's God's power at work in you to be able to do what 2021 or 22 or 23 is going to take. I can't tell you any different. I don't know why God puts weight on us that sometimes we don't know if we're able to bear, but then we look back and think, how did we get through that? I don't know. But I do know this. He gives us strength to bear it. He gives us grace to handle it. And then he gives us joy. And today, God wants to bless you with power. Would you stand with me this morning? Have I preached to you long enough? Yeah, you better say no, but uh, no, I don't want to preach anymore. I want to I pray for you. I want to send you out empowered, trusting in his word. These are his words to you. Giving you power. It's already there. An empowered life. In some area of your your life, maybe you've just been running on your own strength for as, as long as you can go. You have strength, but it's all the strength you have. It's strength that you don't know in God's strength that you've never been able to walk in. That's what I want to pray for right now in your life. I want to pray for that because I know, like I told you, I know what it's like to walk on my own strength and and deal with certain things and become like that Corinthian church that's arrogant and prideful without even knowing it. You don't even know it. And it takes someone to come in and say, you're missing it. You need that in your life. So, If you would bow your head and close your eyes for a moment. And let me just ask you to reflect on maybe the areas or an area where there has not been the type of trust that you know God wants you to have. Come on, God is helping you set the stage for the future. He does work in you now to prepare you for what's ahead. So would you just lift your hands through him right now? And firstly, begin to understand that what God wants to say to you firstly is that he loves you. He deeply, powerfully, tremendously has love for you. He's proud of your work but he wants to upgrade the power in your life. It's not enough the way you've been doing it. It's time for change. Some of you need the power to trust. You come to church, but you're not in community. You don't have relationships. You don't have friendships. You don't have a mentor. Your list of qualifications is too big. See, to humble yourself and to put yourself in community with people who are different than you, that's true power. Not that you disagree with someone, don't like what they say. For you to be in community with a brother or sister in Christ and to know that they can learn from you and you can learn from them, that is the beauty of the body of Christ. To understand that God is working on all his kids and that our center point is the cross of Jesus Christ and the resurrection and the power that now lives in us. That's what unites us. Lord, whatever area they are struggling, Lord, your people, I pray power right now in Jesus' name. The power to overcome, the power to be sustained, the power to forgive, the power to release, the power to give in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Lord God, that you are at work in this place in every heart and mind. Thank you, God, that from the east as far as from the west, people's sins have been cast away. And Lord, your word says that if anyone would come to you and confess your name and believe in their heart that you are Lord, you would welcome them into your kingdom, Lord. So right now, God, we thank you for those whose hearts are turning towards you, those hearts that have been far from you, those hearts that have been disconnected from you, living in their own life, living in their own strength. God, thank you that you are bringing your kids home today in Jesus' name. Thank you that you're giving them power in Jesus' name. Thank you that you're giving them hope and life in Jesus' name. Thank you, God, that you're restoring brokenness right now in Jesus' name. Thank you that you're bringing healing and wholeness right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord God that you are setting worshipers in this house and builders in this house and teachers in this house and parents in this house and people who love the lost in this house and people who love the poor. Thank you, God, you are doing work in hearts and minds right now in Jesus' name. You're turning us away from self and turning us toward the things of God, the kingdom of God. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray for renewed strength in every person right here, right now. For those of you who've experienced failed dreams in this season, God is going to renew your strength right now. Don't let your guard down. God says, "Don't let your guard down. Don't give up right now. Now is the testing. Right now is the trial. But right now is the testing to show you how God is strong in you. To show others what God has done in you. Don't give up. Don't give up. That's the lie of the enemy. It's the trick of the enemy. He sneaks around in darkness." He sneaks around in wilderness. He sneaks around doors. He comes like a roaring lion. The Bible says, seeking whom he may devour. That's what the enemy's trying to do in this season, to devour your dreams and your hope. It's not about the job. It's not about the money. Honestly, it's not even about the marriage. It's about the seed of God in you and whether or not you will trust him. And what God can do in that, God can change and open a door for a job and change a marriage and move this person and open that door. But don't let what God planted in you die. Let God water that thing. Let it marinate. Let it rest in the soil of the goodness of God. Lord Jesus, resurrect dreams right now in Jesus' name. Dreams that have died, resurrect them, Lord God. Hope that has died, let it be resurrected right now in Jesus' name. Unforgiveness that has settled in, God, let it be eradicated right now. Let forgiveness come in Jesus' name. Unforgiveness is a pothole on on the road to destiny. Do not get trapped in that pothole. It will eat you alive. Rain heaven down in this place, Lord God. Let the glory of God fall right now on people. Let the Holy Spirit rest on every person.
1: Hey church, we're just gonna stay in an atmosphere of worship for a little bit longer. I just wanna encourage you this morning. That was a powerful message, wasn't it? A message on God's power. And as we were sitting here this morning earlier, I felt God just impress the scripture on me. It's Isaiah 66, it says, the Lord favors those who tremble at his word. He favors those who tremble at his word. And what does that mean? You know, when I was freshly saved, uh, I was wanted to hear from God all the time. And uh, there was this woman who I admired so much because she heard God so clearly. And he spoke to her so often. And I asked God, because the Bible says he's not a respecter of persons. Why does she hear you so clearly? And why do you speak to her so often? And I heard as clear as day, because she trembles at my word. And that means that she revered God's word. She honored God's word. She esteemed God's word. She put God's word in its rightful place and because of that, she was trustworthy and he would speak to her often. And I just want to encourage you this morning, whatever it was that God spoke to you, whatever word that you heard, whatever word hit your spirit this morning, that you would write it down, that you would meditate on it this week, that you would pray over it this week, that you would talk about it with your spouse tonight after the kids go to bed or today at lunch with friends, that you would put it in its rightful place so that it can do its work in you. Because, you know, sometimes we can have an encounter with God like this. We can receive the peace of God like this. We can feel the presence of God. And then by tomorrow at lunch, it's gone. And by Tuesday, we don't even remember what the word was at church and it shouldn't be like that it doesn't have to be like that it's we have the opportunity to partner with the word and to partner with the spirit of god so that we can keep growing this is how we grow because a lot of times a word like this will be given and then we'll forget about it and it will will just fall to the wayside everything is so noisy there's so many distractions and then when we come back in here next week we haven't grown we're the same And then the person that delivers the word has to do the work all over again. And it doesn't have to be that way. And I believe this is a season of growth in our church. And I'm just asking you to do your part and to partner with the word that was sown into your life. Let it bear fruit. Don't let the enemy come and snatch it away. Let it do what God intends for it to do in your life. Amen.
0: If you would like the most up-to-date information about Grace Avenue Church, or you are looking for a way to support this ministry, please visit us online at graceavenuechurch.com. Thanks
1: for listening.